0: You're listening to the Therapist to Millions podcast, where we get under the skin and into the brains of the world's leading therapists with Dr. Susan Spicer and myself, Damian Mark-Smith, as we delve into the world of all kinds of effective therapies with fascinating and challenging cases, plus marketing tips and what's really working in mental health right now. Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the Therapist 2 Millions weekly podcast. And today on the show, we have an international theme. We're coming to you from the Netherlands and Michigan and the United Kingdom as we welcome Federico Sirink, who is a family and couples therapist based in both the Netherlands, and he does his teaching in Spain, who uses EMDR and provocative therapy. We're going to be hearing a lot about that today to help with trauma, challenging his clients to get out of their comfort zone and go straight to the heart of the matter. His book entitled Provocative Therapy is available on Amazon, and we will be sharing the links to that in the show notes. So for now, Federico, welcome to the Therapist to Millions podcast. Welcome
1: thank you very much Ah. i'm much obliged to being being invited by the two of you
0: absolutely our pleasure and you know the the whole idea is to get therapists like you to a a larger audience so tell us a little bit about your therapy provocative therapy where it comes from and your story to how you got there
1: yeah sure uh well the provocative therapy was founded by frank Fairley in the, the 60s and the 70s of last century and um uh, I came across uh, the provocative uh, style by uh, a book in Dutch, uh, uh, written by my two uh, Dutch uh, professors, and uh, the first page was already mind-blowing in the sense that I thought, "Wow! So actually, you can say everything you want to your clients, and it can be effective as well." And uh, I was always always taught that you need to be very careful in everything you expressed uh especially uh when when transference and counter transfer are are in 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 place then you need to be very careful and you need to go supervision and then maybe you will do an intervention but in a provocative style as they explained uh, everything works Uh, as long as it stems from the combination of good contact a lot of humor and challenge um, so I started to, to do the, the, the training myself and uh, I loved it. Um, started to work with clients myself and after the first scary moments, you know, n- n- not playing this role of the uh, empathetic listening counselor, but one using humor, exaggeration and challenge, uh, I saw how it worked with my clients and uh, it, it, it was great actually. Yeah.
2: Wow, that is so fascinating. I imagine too that being able to say what you're feeling and to not have those types of boundaries would improve the therapeutic relationship because you're being really authentic in that manner.
1: Exactly. And that's the whole thing that if you if you talk about a therapeutic alliance, which is the the most important common factor in psychotherapy, then a lot of our colleagues are very hesitating and very careful in not damaging the therapeutic alliance but actually being authentic so say what you think
2: right um
1: and 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 being harsh well sometimes it feels for the outsider oh that's harsh but actually it's what clients themselves are thinking a lot of times as well and and they feel that you're authentic and that you have real contact with them
2: right you're saying what you're thinking right so imagine challenging them would be an important part of this
1: absolutely yeah
2: interesting fascinating I love this approach
1: what what uh uh there's an article written by Christophe Panicelli it's a a, a Belgium psychiatrist also doing a lot of research to the role of humor like me in 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 the uh, field of psychotherapy and he's also been trained by Frank Fairley. And he written about the idea of the auto double bind, which means that if you're a therapist you you automatically step into a double bind in which you need to be empathetic because you need to understand the the viewpoints the emotions of the client so you, you need to be good at at, at at that side of the work but if you're only empathetic, no change will come because mm-hmm. uh, the client needs to change perspective they they needs to be a change somehow so for change to come you need to challenge some way whether it's provocative or whether you use emdr or whether you use cognitive behavioral technique whatever but you need to challenge the the thinking and the 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 acting of the client because otherwise nothing will will be uh, in movement so then you have to break this empathetic role of yourself so so you're in two opposite sides and he says, well, humor and especially the humor uh, we use in provocative therapy um, can function to overcome this this double role you have as a therapist. Mm-hmm.
2: Fascinating. I imagine that works better for some types of personality disorders or some types of clients than others. I'm thinking narcissists right off the top of my head and in the manner in which like being really authentic and using humor, but also being really challenging can be super powerful in treating someone say with NPD. Yeah. 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 So have have there been any specific life experiences that you've had that have shaped your work as a therapist?
1: Well, yeah, I I think uh, for, for for everyone <laughs> it counts I think that if you go back to your youth uh, there stems a lot of dynamics from, from there you know and, and in my case uh, my father died uh, at an early age yeah. so my brother and my sister were there with, with one mother taking care of us all and I took the role upon me as an adolescent, adolescent to be there for my mother you know to listen to her etc so I think i then learned that being there for somebody to listen um, is being appreciated and it's worthwhile yeah. to do so but on the other hand uh, as a 15 year old uh, kid i couldn't solve the emotional conflicts of my mother right. so being there was one thing but the the, the feeling of uh, a solution a change you know the the being powerless in that sense that's also something that formed me and and uh, getting in touch with the provocative side after my clinical training at the university, then I, I um, got acquainted with the provocative style, and I, th- that was actually the resolution of my frustration as as a, as a kid that I, as a therapist I don't need to be responsible for a change, but I can by using humor and challenge, by not accepting the responsibility for a change. I can do different stuff in a therapeutic relationship, which makes the client move and the client needs to assume responsibility him or herself from the beginning. Uh, so I think thats uh, that's been a powerful uh, influence in why I choose to be a psychologist and then a provocative one.
2: Absolutely.
0: Now you've mentioned humour a few times here. How do you do that? Because it's quite hard, I think, for people to be funny especially when you're dealing with you know issues like trauma for instance how do you do that
1: yeah well actually it's something uh i have to think about what albert ellis said um, the founder of the cognitive uh therapy um that um a lot of times a lot of serious stuff happen in our lives but problems arise when people take their situation and themselves too serious so yes there are serious stuff uh trauma is serious Uh, the pass away uh of uh of your parent is serious but people who take themselves a little bit more lightly they are more flexible so they find their way in life and they they not always need support from a therapist but people going to therapy they 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 tend to be too uh, too too serious too rigid and um and what you can see is 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 they lost the the ability to play around in their lives to to laugh to see the humor side not of the trauma but of the way they're handling their their lives. Nice. So what I think is important that we as a therapist we inject humor again in the system of the client yeah. so that they feel the humor again and then adapt a the humorous perspective on themselves as well. So what I don't do is laugh or provoke on a trauma. So. If somebody has been abused as a 16-year-old, I won't go there and look for a provocative, a humoristic perspective. But if you then challenge, let's say, this girl who now is age 22 and has a boyfriend and wants to be intimate with his boyfriend, but being intimate also causes the anxiety because of the trauma, then I will use the provo- provocation and exaggeration uh to which a client could laugh for example uh i would defend the side of the client that says "Ooh, this is dangerous territory and i would say yes listen to your body if your body says this is danger it is you already experienced it a couple of years ago and who can tell if you can trust your boyfriend did you have sex till now no did you kiss yes sex no okay so if you enter into the sex hormones will take over and you never know what kind of beast will come out of your boyfriend no and mm-hmm. they they probably will say well no i already know him for a couple of uh, months and he's the sweetest guy ever yeah you know that one jekyll and hyde and you know people <laughs> changing so because of the exaggeration sometimes there uh, the humor is there they're like well no no you're now exaggerating and and i can trust him so that is all already play for more humoristic perspective on the situation in which the client then will correct me but by correcting me she is correcting herself as well
0: i love that you're you're leading them to to their own insight through through using the, the the humor and the exaggeration
1: Exactly, and and that's for me the basic point, that every client comes in with an internal conflict, ambivalence between I want to change, but also another side in a client that says, ooh, it's hard. Or if someone is depressed, I don't, I don't have this, the, the, the energy to do so. Or I, I already failed a couple of times in my life. Or my, my parents tell me, well, maybe you shouldn't or whatever but it's an internalized side of the client that is making it hard for the client to change and what i do is that i will um become good friends of this side of the client self that says don't change so as a a devil's advocate i will be on the side of the client but always on the side that will say hmm rather not so expressing everything i do is actually mirroring a client but the, the 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 hesitating side so if the client then protest against me he or she is protesting against this side that's impeding a change in himself
0: nice I like that uh,
1: okay. mm-hmm.
0: so let, let's use some uh, some non-identifying and hypotheticals to uh, to to give examples of like a really amazing success story something that didn't go so well and, and maybe like an, a really unusual or fascinating one
1: yeah, yeah yeah okay so yeah what what happens a lot of time and and uh just last month uh, there was this male student uh feeling depressed and couldn't put himself to study so prov- provocatively uh, i advised him against uh, a change so stay in bed and do nothing and look the world is 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 a negative place uh uh, look what happens with putin and climate change and if you express yourself on the internet uh, everybody will tumble around you and you will have haters and lovers and uh, you better stay in bed so already during (laughs) the session he was protesting against this idea because well he agreed on my arguments but he was like "No, no no i really want to to pick up my study again So in the weeks after the session, he already started to to study again. And although he still felt this blanket of depression uh, surrounding him, um, he just started to study and and, and finds it enjoying. Um, So that's what you see a lot of times that, or during the session or after the session, the client begins protesting against uh, my good advice not to change i love that i love
2: yeah. it yeah and as but far as like growing your practice like what has been your most successful marketing technique
1: well writing a book i think
2: oh for sure mm-hmm. yeah
1: because listen the, uh, I, i'm doing uh, a lot of stuff uh like like uh, uh, making podcasts myself uh, this this book i've translated it into dutch and uh, into english uh uh, some other stuff but especially the book it's uh it's a way to reach people but also if i meet uh colleagues uh, you can give your business card or you can give your book well book has more impact and it makes that other people uh, invite you for 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 a podcast for a lecture whatever so that's that's been very helpful yeah
0: I love that. So just tell us a little bit about the book and the podcast, because obviously they're they're both out there now. So um, the book is obviously, is it it an introduction as the way you see Provocative Therapy, or is it kind of following on from um, Frank? uh, Was it Frank Furley? Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, both actually, because uh, I wrote it in Spanish because I wanted to enter the Spanish market Mm -hmm. and there was nothing in the Spanish language on Provocative Therapy. So no website, no book, no nothing um so what i did is that i took the 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 seven uh provocative assumptions written by uh, my two dutch professors and actually there were eight but i made seven out of it and i changed one so it is uh, talking about what what is the theoretical uh fundament of the provocative style till now um and then with my experience i changed a little bit i tweaked the 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 assumptions and uh what i did is i i i begin every chapter with a case description um very uh very uh, uh, elaborately then i explain what is the assumption and some of the provocative techniques so that way it's something that is it's nice to read if you just want to uh, have a peek behind the, the the curtain of what happens in the in the uh in the sessions uh, and for the people who, who want to learn or already did a course it's it's a good way of uh reflecting on how am i doing and how did federico do it um so it's, it's help helpful in their their uh, process of growing into the provocative style and the provocative uh, podcast if this the same idea the, so there are seven of them talking about uh, basic assumptions and um then in, in in either language i'm i'm talking with colleagues from all over the world about their expertise uh and from a, a provocative perspective and the perspective of, of humor in therapy uh, we talk about uh, abuse about depression personality disorder or how to provoke if you're a sex therapist or whatever so, uh, all kinds of topics.
0: Fantastic. We're going to put the links to that in the show notes, and I should just say a bit of self promotion here because Doctor yeah. Susan's book and my uh, book, The Therapist to Millions, book, is uh, came out on Amazon this week. So, if you're on wow. the tube, you can actually see that that's uh, that's available now. And uh, yeah,
1: congratulations! It,
0: it, thank you so much. So, yes, we, we've got the same—a podcast and a book. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> you know, and it, that really is a great way to reach people, and they mm. get a better flavor of your type of therapy when they can hear you talk about in a podcast and when they can read what you have wrote in a book. I, I love that. To. Giving Ed the book is your calling card. I think that's, that's powerful.
1: Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So on the subject of books, um, what's been the best therapy book you've ever read? And why? And also what is your favorite non-therapy book?
1: Well, it's a hard question because, especially because of my PhD now, I'm reading a lot of articles and books so sometimes it changes but of course one of my favorite is provocative therapy by frank ferrelly uh, mm-hmm. especially because it's 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 telling about the, the 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 beginning of his provocative style and and where it came from um but also interesting uh, in the same the same year 1974 a book uh written by waslavik Weeklands and fish uh, authors of the the palo alto group uh, they wrote a book about change and um so the paradoxical um intention uh which has been described by victor franco at first mm-hmm. is also in 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 their book and uh it has it it has very uh, very much similarities to uh, to the ideas of frank Fairley. so that's very interesting and nowadays i'm i'm very enthusiastic about a book written by harvey minders Uh, and it's called laughter and liberation it's very funny to read but also very interesting to see um how humor works but also in therapy how in, in one side we we need to be serious but then we we love to escape from our seriousness so if somebody makes a good joke or we see a good comedy you know we we like to laugh so we have a relief of of attention Originated from different perspectives, so that's a nice one. Love that, yeah. And then uh, I just today, I uh, if it's not a, a non-therapeutic uh, therapeutic book, it's a it's a book by by David uh, Treba, un, uh, a Spanish guy. Uh, it's called in Spanish "Saber Perder" and in uh, English it's called "Learning to Lose." And it's about uh, I don't know four or five different storylines. Uh, about people somehow uh, having to deal with a loss in their life and it's very interesting to see how how people cope in a different way of coping
2: fascinating that reminds me of another famous book necessary losses which kind of deals about the same the the same concept that we go through losses in life we have to learn to cope with losses because they're necessary they're part of growing up they're part of exactly dying
0: exactly okay so the next two questions i have a feeling there's going to be humor involved in at least one of them (laughs) maybe both of them what is your top tip for mental health in the world today federico
1: yeah how hard life uh, is or seems to be if you start looking for three funny things every day what what happened to you, or something that, uh, that the butcher is saying, or the bus driver has done, or if you start looking for humor in your surrounding, uh, it helps you to lower anxiety and to to uh, take a, a, a humorous perspective on life, and it it helps coping with your own troubles.
0: I love that. And is that something you write down at the end of the day? Sort of three funny things that happened to me today almost like a journal
1: well actually i don't but it is because i uh if i have three clients a day then i already have three funny situations because i i look for a a way to love with my clients but yeah of course i i have some stuff in my in my uh, office uh, books about uh the comic books for example with 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 their beautiful jokes or whatever so i do tend to surround me with humor
0: i think i'm going to add that to my my nighttime list i already do a gratitude one but i yeah, think I, I might add the find something that you're grateful for and find something you found funny today because exactly. that's a great I love it exactly.
2: exactly i love okay. it love that's a great lead into our next question then. Of course, right. my favorite part of our show here. In order to get a therapist to Millions t-shirt, tell us really? a fact. Yeah. Tell us a fact that blows our mind or tell us a joke that's one of a kind to win a free t-shirt.
1: All right. So I'm just into writing all the jokes down that I encounter while reading my articles and books about humor in psychotherapy. So I, I did have some jokes written down. And this mm-hmm. is one from a book from McGee. Uh, he has uh, written a book uh, on humor as a uh, survival training for a stress out world. And uh, one of the jokes he written down is uh, goes as uh, goes like this: Boy came home with a re- report card that included four Ds and three Fs. He said, "What do you think my problem is, Dad? Heredity or environment?"
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that's <was> brilliant! <laughs>
2: love it, love it.
0: That's <laughs> definitely winning a t-shirt. Fantastic! Wow. Yeah, Federico. So we're going to put the links to the uh, the podcast and your book in the show notes. But how can people get hold of you if they want to contact you?
1: Yeah, for the moment, uh if you if you go to uh, terapia provocativa. Es uh, you can find me, and I'm I'm uh, at the beginning of of uh, making a an English website that mm-hmm. will most probably will be called humorandtherapy.com.
0: Love it. So
1: it will be up in a couple of weeks or months time, uh, but uh, for for now, terapiaprovocativa.es and otherwise humorandtherapy.com
0: fantastic so we'll put all those links in there and we'll also Great. send you your own login for our therapist to millions online membership which is free fantastic. for everybody and uh yeah thank you so much for, for appearing on the show today and you've been mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful guests we really enjoyed having you on
1: thank you and it was a pleasure and an honor and uh, good luck with uh, with your show and uh, it's a wonderful uh uh way to reach uh, people so uh, a good job on that
2: Thank Thank you so so much. much. Thank you so much. Take care.
0: If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Therapist to Millions podcast, may we invite you to check out our free for life Therapist to Millions online membership course for therapists and coaches who want to grow their business without trading more time for dollars. We've created the world's premier digital marketing resource exclusively for therapists, and it's yours for free for life. Just head over to therapistomillions.com and sign up now.